This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 164, with Kevin Day. Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscher. Hi there, MC Lobster here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today, and in today's show, we're going to look at how to protect your assets internationally and domestically. My guest in this episode is Kevin Day. Kevin is the founder of Day and Associates Incorporated and one of the leading estate planning and international asset protection planning attorneys in the United States. Kevin has authored numerous books on the subjects of lawsuit protection, offshore money strategies, asset protection, tax havens, and privacy planning. His extensive expertise in the field of lawsuit protection makes him a frequent guest speaker at conferences and seminars throughout the country. A skilled lecturer, he often speaks about the benefits and uses of domestic and international asset protection. Since entering the international asset protection practice arena in 1992, Kevin has been engaged not only by noted actors, athletes, and numerous high net worth individuals, but also by many small business entrepreneurs and individuals who need lawsuit protection and privacy on a smaller budget. Kevin has the unique and valuable ability to ascertain the particular needs of each client and to customize an asset protection plan to meet those needs. Please share your feedback and thoughts with me on today's interview. You can let me know your thoughts on Twitter by tweeting me at MC Lobsher or by email at info at CashflowNinja.com. And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at CashflowNinja.com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. You can support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. And when you become a patron, you get access to our private Facebook page and a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. You can become a patron by visiting CashflowNinja.com forward slash support. Have you read Rich Dad Poor Dad? Are you interested in real estate investing and don't know where to start or to get the results you want? For valuable information to get you started, visit JoinOps Properties at JoinOpsProperties.com. If you're not earning at least 8% on your cash, you do not want to miss the private lending presentation for non-accredited investors done by Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott. Discover how to create an income stream from real estate without the management headaches. You can access the presentation at CashflowNinja.com forward slash private lending. Spartan Invest have a proven plan and system helping investors creating passive income and wealth through turnkey real estate ownership in the exciting market of Birmingham, Alabama. Find out why Birmingham has got it going on, why it's a steal right now, why it's a millennial hangout, a hidden gem, and one of the most exciting investment opportunities you have never heard of. You can download your free report, Five Big Reasons to Invest in the Magical City of Birmingham, Alabama, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Spartan. I've spoken about the most powerful system on the planet, on the show, the banking system. And my firm, Valhalla Wealth Financial, helps people reclaim the banking function within their own lives through leveraging the premium tools and strategies of the wealthy. If you're interested in reclaiming the banking function within your own life and the infinite banking concept, you can access a free webinar presentation at CashflowNinja.com forward slash be the bank. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hello. How are you, MC? Doing fantastic. How about yourself? Uh, great. It's a wonderful day here in sunny uh, Southern California, and uh, it's great to be able to speak to all of uh, your folks that are all over, not only the United States, but all over the world. No, fantastic. I'm jealous, jealous of you being out there. Kevin, can you share a little bit about your background and your journey with my listeners? Oh, my. 
well, I've had many journeys, <laughs> a, a very circuitous route. Um, so I don't know how to abbreviate it, but uh, I my undergraduate is in Chinese uh, studies and political science. I was thinking about Department of State, and then I decided I wasn't a very good rule follower, so it wasn't a good match unless I believed in um, any particular directive. Uh, went back, got an MBA in international business. I was on the International Affairs Board for the city of San Diego. Um, went to law school. Uh, had a Chinese translation business somewhere in, in that mix and um, taught um international law law school and then came out uh, into practice and uh, wanted to be a contracts drafter had a, a partner at one point built firm to about 25 people which is pretty large for san diego and he was a trust lawyer and somebody came to him about these this new hague convention on trust uh, which became active in the United States in 1987 after the U.S. signed it. And he said, hey, it's half your world and half mine. So I came into, I mean, we do living trusts and uh, land trusts, privacy trusts and everything now. But at the time, I really came in at this international, very complex uh, level and uh, really enjoyed it. So uh more and more of my time got filled with that. I'm no longer a contracts lawyer, although trusts are a contract, but it's a very uh, narrow purpose. And I've loved my journey because particularly in the asset protection side and privacy side, most of my clients are entrepreneurs and business owners. And um, every, every job, I think, has a lot of routine about it. And I think I've been very blessed to have a job that is not so routine because I have to figure out uh, my client's, uh, you know, portfolio mix and their personal life. And uh, I'm working with a computer chip manufacturer one week and a shoe, you know, importer the next week. And I need to know about how their world works so I can insert my puzzle pieces to um, lawsuit protect assets or lower the profile on assets. And it's a very fun, fun job. I love working with entrepreneurs. Definitely diverse. And you get to experience a lot of different industries, which makes it very, very interesting. Absolutely. Now, uh, Kevin, your, your firm is one of the top, two to three law firms in the country dealing with offshore asset protection trusts. Can you tell us a little bit about Day and Associates? Uh, yes. Um, the, uh, I'd love to say that it was particular brilliance, but it was just good timing. Uh, I had uh, written a couple of uh, books, uh, actually about four of them, uh, when this grassroots uh, on offshore money strategies, offshore trust, asset protection, privacy, and at the time, the only other book that was out there and before any of mine uh, was a little NOLO press book by Arnold Goldstein, an attorney down in Florida. He, he's since passed away, uh, but we became good friends over the years. Uh, there was this grassroots movement after this Hague Convention on Trust allowed a different type of trust law to make a lawsuit-proof trust or an irrevocable trust that was very different than historically was available in the United States. All these entrepreneurs were going to lawyers and saying, hey, um, uh, we want one of these offshore trusts, and nobody knew about them. And so there was only a couple of us around, and all the continuing ed uh, services for for lawyers and CPAs uh, had to come to just a few that were there uh, to put on these continuing end seminars. So I kind of got pushed up to the top of the heap uh, just because of timing. And so I became an educator, which I really love. Um, I love uh, trying to explain very complex things and make them seem less complex so that the listener 
understands why certain things are important and not just, hey, I'm an expert, trust me <laughs> and let me do my job. I want my uh, clients to participate. They don't want to go back to law school, but they have to have enough knowledge of the structure and purpose to say, yes, that applies to me. That applies to my family. I want that. And I know why I want it, not just because some experts telling me I need it. I've really enjoyed that process. Indeed. And you provide so much valuable content uh, uh, through your education. And that's actually, that's how I learned about you too. Found it really, really valuable. Now, Kevin, what does asset protection mean? Uh, that's a good question. That's, um, um, well, I have a couple of answers. Uh, one is that it's putting yourself in a, putting your assets and yourself in a position that if a lawsuit occurred, uh, you would be in a better, better position uh, than not having employed those strategies or structures. Um, many people f have forgotten that simple incorporation, whether you're forming a, a business entity, an LLC or a corporation or a limited partnership, the legislative origins of, of corporations was lawsuit protection. We mostly think of them as tax tools now, um, but that's lobbying that that those people with companies have done after the original legislation. It was all about lawsuit protection. It was all about segregating eggs into different baskets. So if uh, a boiler blew up and there were, you don't have to have a giant party going on there, you know, a regular family can get uh, if the, it's the wrong ages and, and the wrong kind of damages, you can get way outside of insurance limits. Um, uh, so how do I uh, you know, isolate that property so it doesn't take my other properties, doesn't take my home, doesn't take my savings? So lawsuit protection, it's uh, not uh, secreting assets. Uh, privacy is very important, um, but it's not secreting assets. It's not tax evasion. Uh, it's using all the rules and being very conservative. I'm, I'm, I'm a very conservative lawyer. My firm is very conservative. It sounds very esoteric because, uh, and exotic because we use offshore trusts as well, but they're all reportable entities. There's nothing that, uh, I define secret as being I would be embarrassed to tell the judge or the other side what we've done. Privacy is important, but secrecy means that either we're going across the line or it doesn't work. I shouldn't be telling a client behind closed doors something I couldn't tell a judge or the adverse party. Now, privacy, if we can take things off, legally off the radar screen, so somebody can say under penalty of perjury, I only own these things, and that's legally and technically correct. And there's this whole big other, you know, a pot of gold and assets that technically aren't owned by the client, so they have legal deniability. We just saved the client, you know, $30,000 of explaining or having to explain why the other side can't get to these assets. It's good to have privacy and invisibility on certain assets. And what kind of assets can you protect? Are there certain assets that uh, cannot be protected? Hmm. Um, there's only a few things that can't be protected, and they have perhaps their own uh, uh, protection. But we can just about protect everything. Um, IRAs uh, in most states have protective laws, but almost all IRAs can be invaded if the judge really, really is angry at you and they're really compassionate to the little grandma that you ripped off. They can invade an IRA. 401ks, however, are completely protected under ERISA, no matter how egregious an event uh, might be. O.J. Simpson is a great example. Um, but valuable assets, even dangerous assets we can protect. Uh, you know, a, a crane, for instance, is worth three hundred, five hundred thousand dollars. It's very dangerous. It can fall on a house. It can fall on people. And if that's even if it's 
isolated in an LLC, they can take that $500,000 machine as compensation for the damage. And so you don't want that taken because that is the tool of your trade. You need it the next day for you know your other contracts. And so we have methods to lawsuit protect things that are themselves uh, dangerous and the nature of the harm. We, we can protect the tools that make your business run. And there might be some of my listeners listening and saying, well, I don't know if I have a law to start with. Um, ah. And who is going to come after me? Who do I need protection from? Yes. So uh, certainly uh, most people that are, depending on how you're diversified, certainly a larger estate, uh, just the sheer money uh, are unfortunately the U.S. system, particularly not your international uh, listeners. But uh, unfortunately, our legal system has bred a system of a lawsuit is a lottery. And uh, unfortunately, people target people that are successful or they believe, even if you're not that successful, but you're looking like you're successful. Some people invent uh, lawsuits, malicious lawsuits, just to get a settlement. But um, entrepreneurs that are running some kind of business are usually keenly aware of the risk. Um, it's all about reward and, and risk, and they know that their neck is out there a little bit more because they're in the marketplace, either with a service or a product. Um, people that own real property, uh, if they're getting started, they often don't realize how much liability is there, but tenants are high liability. It's just the roll of the dice. And often what we've seen in real lawsuits is people got damaged uh, maybe legitimately the first time, uh, you know, they caught their flip flop on a nail that they had told the landlord about and they win this giant judgment and they go, wow, that was easy. And then they start to look for ways to sue uh, the next landlord that they have. That's one of the first things when a lawsuit occurs is lawyers will look at the plaintiff's uh, prior lawsuits. And often there's a big string of them. And even with all of these prior similar incidences, it's hard to get a judge and jury to uh, not be compelled to protect the tenant rather than the landlord. Landlords, no, they must have lots of money. They have insurance. They're taken care of. Look at the damage that this per poor person had, even though it was invented. So uh, unfortunately, we're forced in a position to protect ourselves and protect. Uh, we've worked really hard to be able to have this extra money to buy real estate and have a diversified portfolio. Uh, there are simple tools. You don't have to be. We have very complex tools like offshore trust, but there's domestic versions. We can put together a structure, um, you know, for five thousand dollars that would be, you know, very sophisticated. Be able to um, withhold. A, a very significant lawsuit. And in the bigger scheme of things, that's cheap insurance to get something that truly is lawsuit protected. I would never tell anybody, don't have insurance, but you don't have to keep up with the Joneses. It's a kind of a losing proposition. And insurance always has exceptions. There's always that fine print that, oh, we don't cover this and we don't cover that. And um, you need to take matters into your own hands. Uh, that's the only way you can get certainty. And it's all protecting the downside. I mean, even if, if somebody is going to, to you know, sue you or come after you for something or a tenant in your property, as you just mentioned, sometimes lawyers would just look at, okay, what's there to go after, right? And if you have a sophisticated uh, vehicle uh, structure set up, there's a lot of guys that wouldn't want to go after that or spend the time knowing that they're not going to really get to anything. Yes, it's the perception. One of the things um, that have been unsolicited, uh, several people every year will come back to me and say, this lawsuit started, I kind of, I don't agree with the plaintiff, but I understand the event that initiated the lawsuit. But once the lawsuit started, it almost had nothing to do with the lawsuit. It's all a blackmail process. You know, you're going to lose your home and your savings and this, that, and the other. You need to ante up more on the table. And unfortunately, there are these really bizarre cases that confirm, uh, you know, I've got 
thousands and thousands of stories. The one that I'm going to tell is, is this burglar fell through a, um, a skylight. He admitted that he was there to burglar, burglarize this home. And when he fell through the skylight, uh, they had a glass um, uh, coffee table underneath it that he fell on, and he was just all lacerated up, lots of medicals and a lot of uh, damage. And he won several million dollar judgment as if these people had a duty of care to a burglar. And, you know, they lost and the burglar won. And it's just these, uh, I'll say, I don't want to use <laughs> bad language on, on the, the show here, uh, but asinine uh, judgments. And uh, uh, sometimes the judges uh, just make these crazy uh, uh, outcomes, but sometimes they apologize. They say, my hands are tied. The law requires me to do this because of the way the law is set up. So we have unthinking judges and we have compassionate judges that feel that they can't uh, or don't have the discretion to correct the wrong in the system. And so, again, we have to take matters, uh, you know, into our own hands. The perception, yes. No, sorry, go ahead. Uh, The perception that you brought up of, of what this blackmail process is about if uh, going back to the privacy certainly if we have a lot of structure and they see the structure it becomes very complex that's costing somebody something certainly contingency fee lawyers they're a business partner on that project they're not a crusader that just wants to win the judgment and give you a piece of paper they want dollars at the end and so they're judging the complexity of the case and what the outcome might be for them and you get to go along for the ride. Uh, hourly lawyers, um, you know, they might start a lawsuit, but even them, if it looks very bleak, uh, they don't like to be a failure to their client either. And so they will ultimately turn toward a faster settlement than pushing to. If you have lots of things that you could lose, they're going to push the lawsuit all the way up to the courtroom steps, as they say. Coming back to privacy. The point of getting things legally off the radar screen, and, and, and this is a unique, this is an important lesson for your listeners. We're all familiar with companies, LLCs, Limited Partnerships, Corporations. They are separate legal people from us. The law, the IRS, and everybody else requires us to interact with it at arm's length, even if we are the 100% owner of that business entity. If we do tr- business transactions, we need all of the formalities of contracts and everything else as if we were dealing with John Smith owning that company. However, the back end where these trusts, these lawsuit proof trusts come in is that they are not just a separate legal person from us. They are an ultimate owner and our legal system only has two ultimate owners, a flesh and blood person. No one owns you and no one owns a trust. It is the owner. So if we can take particularly valuable assets and legally get them out of our name to the point of legal deniability and get our names out of the public record with with privacy trusts or lawsuit protective trusts or companies that have nominees on them, then when somebody is thinking about suing, the lawyer does an investigation and says, wow, we thought that they owned a lot, but they actually don't own that much. This isn't a good case. Or they own a lot, but it's all encumbered to this hard money lender, Golden Mountain Lending, that's in Nevada or Wyoming. I wonder if that's related to them. If it's owned by a trust, even a direct question, do you own Golden Mountain Lending? You're able to say, no, I am not the owner, and it's not perjury, it is the truth. So we can change the perspective and trajectory of this blackmail system that we have uh, with with litigation so that your estate will look much smaller and be a lot less uh, attractive to uh, lawsuits, particularly malicious lawsuits. You're listening to Kevin Day on the Cashflow Ninja podcast. We will be right back after a word from our sponsor. 
Are you on track to achieve your financial goals? Income-producing real estate is the most historically proven way to accumulate wealth and has created more financial freedom than any other means. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best turnkey cash flow rental properties. Our simple proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly income. Get your free strategy session with our knowledgeable investment counselors at noradarealestate.com. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com. You're listening to Kevin Day on the Cashflow Ninja podcast, and now back to our interview. At what point would you recommend that someone take a look at uh, a structure to protect themselves and uh, would need asset protection because we have investors from all levels. Some of them are just starting out. Some of them are very advanced uh, and some of them are professionals. Yeah, uh, that, that's, that's a hard one. Um, I have some baselines on particular structures and costs, but uh, you can actually do uh, what I mentioned earlier, a $5,000 structure. That's not an international structure. Those are are rather costly. Um, Somebody that has an estate over $4 million, we would definitely be encouraging them seriously looking at an offshore trust. Somebody between $2 million and $4 million estate might examine it based on their liability. If they have higher liabilities, it might be appropriate for them. And I have a a lawsuit risk profile uh, kind of test or exam um, that uh, we're going to be offering uh, later to to the listeners that will kind of help look at at lawsuit um, risk levels. But uh, people that are only have a $600,000 estate, a smaller lawsuit will be more devastating to them than a small lawsuit or a large lawsuit to a a larger estate. So there are little things that we can do uh, privacy-wise. We might not be able to add one of these lawsuit-proof trusts maybe in the future, but what we do, what we would do for uh, any of the listeners here is we can provide a bunch of free education so that they can start to develop a roadmap of what would be good for them even though they have to take small steps to build it. You don't want to just go willy-nilly building things. It takes money, and then you have a hodgepodge of, of entities that may not really work together in, in the long run. So you're postponing the real structure you need, and you're not building it efficiently. So uh, a, a simple privacy company uh, is $1,000. So we can get your name off the public record or out of ownership of certain assets at at a very low cost and start doing that, but do it in a smart and educated manner. And the smaller uh, estates will start that way and add a trust as an ultimate owner of the real estate holding company, for instance, um, you know, a year and a half later as they start to build the estate. Other people can say, no, I have you know, X amount, even though I'm still a W-2 employee, I've been able to, you know, save and deploy. I've got some rentals now, but I have a decent income from my W-2. I want to protect that also. What do you have? So everything has to be customized to the, the, the client's specific concerns and needs. Kevin, how does your company protect assets and focus on wealth preservation? Uh, um, the, there's a variety of, of, of ways. Uh, the typical corporate lawyer or estate lawyer, if a, if a client goes into uh, one of uh, those types of lawyers and they say, I want lawsuit protection, usually what they're going to get is how many assets, how many properties do you have? Okay, you need seven different you know, LLCs, putting eggs in different baskets. And, and that isn't necessarily a bad strategy. Uh, there's all kinds of wisdom to that. But the presumption is that you will lose the eggs in any particular basket. And also some states, it's very costly to have one LLC, uh, you know, around each single property, for instance, in real estate. So we need to be efficient. Um, I am a firm believer in streamlining. Don't overstructure if you don't have to. Um, and there are many strategies that will allow for, I mentioned earlier, 
uh, a piggy bank company, having an irrevocable trust, so you're legally not the owner, a lawsuit-proof trust, owning an underlying company, which really has your long-term savings account. If you borrow from that formally, remember the law requires any interaction with your own companies and your own estate plan to have the same formality that you would have if you were borrowing money from me or Bank of America. And the lender, even though it's from you to you, you're wearing two different legal hats. And so if you borrow from your long-term savings, $10,000, $20,000 to put down on a new property, and then go to Bank of America and they have a first mortgage, there isn't anything in the law, and to the contrary, there's everything in the law that your little piggy bank company that's lawsuit protected can demand and request of you a secured interest. So now Bank of America's on first and pine, you know, pine, pine tree lending or whatever you end up naming your piggy bank company can have a second mortgage on that. And we've just equity stripped your property to your own estate plan. And nobody in the world will know it and because of the privacy built around it. And it's a very scalable structure. That structure can encumber your home and a rental or 25 rentals. And um, large law firms with really good lawyers don't expect small entrepreneurs to use this kind of strategy. And it's very powerful and it's actually very simple uh, to use. I have a white paper uh, on, on this strategy so the listeners can call or email in and I'll be happy to send that out for their further education. That's very, very powerful. And uh, I would I will put links to all of that uh, educational resources in today's show notes. Kevin, what are some of the strongest tools in the, your asset protection toolbox? Well, the strongest tools, as, as kind of alluded to before, really is an, an irrevocable trust, whether it's uh, offshore or domestic. Offshore is incredibly powerful because the U.S. Uh, not only signed the Hague Convention on Trust, but we're the main proponent of it. They didn't think uh, many people would ever hear about it. Uh, and even those that heard heard about it wouldn't use uh, make use of it uh, under U.S. law. This is an oversimplification, but essentially it says U.S. persons can establish trust in other countries, and that law prevails. It's very powerful. It's tantamount to removing U.S. court jurisdiction over that trust under U.S. law. And uh, treaties, conventions, and presidential decrees are superior to federal and state laws. So they are uh, the biggest uh, you know, tank we have in our arsenal, so to speak. And um, what's great is that they're completely uh, legal uh, for those U.S. clients using them. Uh, we have uh, full reporting, so it's actually you're getting the approval of the IRS, uh, which is uh, an incredible, uh, incredibly powerful uh, defense file. Uh, if somebody sues and says, hey, your honor, we won this great big judgment and we didn't get paid and we found out that they had this trust and it's an offshore trust, your honor, wink, wink, nod, nod, something must be wrong. And then we're able to come in and say, no, here's the law. It's recognized in all 50 states. And by the way, here's our filing with the IRS for the last three years. This is completely legal and approved by them and is an irrevocable trust under U.S. law. Uh, now, if you want to sue, you have to go over to the Isle of Man or Cook Islands or you know, Bahamas and sue under that country's law, and you're going to have to start all over. That's the most powerful gun. The next, uh, that's not for everyone, however. We understand that uh, for all kinds of reasons, not just budgetary, uh, budgetary reasons, but deployment reasons. Um, there are domestic versions uh, that obviously the U.S. court system still has authority over, but the only way to attack successfully an irrevocable trust is to allege and prove fraudulent conveyance, which is that you have a known existing current creditor, and the only reason why you're doing it is so that you don't have to pay that person that's suing you or you know my balloon payment of a half a million dollars is coming up in six months i want to throw all this stuff in a trust uh that is not going to work 
Um, but when your legal fees are calm or for some industries, we have contractors and developers that might have some little lawsuit going on at any particular time. You can still do planning. You just need to make allowances for that known existing current creditor. And as long as you set it up for the new contract or the new tenant or the new uh, purchaser of one of your homes uh, uh, enters your life, it's impossible to be fraudulent commands. So act when your legal seas are calm and you've got a perfect and strong structure, whether it's an offshore trust or a domestic trust. Underlying companies is a way to get back control. No entrepreneur, very few entrepreneurs, want to be like a Kennedy grandchild where they have to go to the trustee and say, please write me a check or please do this, that, and the other for me. So what we do 99% of the time is create what we call a dormant trust where we can put it up on the shelf and get it out of the way unless there's a lawsuit and then we are able to say legally, I'm not the owner and haven't been for three years. We operate through underlying companies. That way, the original owner can have the checkbook and make all the decisions of what's bought and sold and what salary they're getting and so forth. It's very flexible. Very, very interesting. What are some of the um, countries that uh, you look at for establishing offshore trusts and are there some differences between some of them? Uh, There are. There are about uh, eight primary jurisdictions that we use for for trusts, offshore trusts, for instance. They uh, do some of the differences are subtle. Um, Some will have, let's say, a two-year statute of limitations on attacking. Others might have four. Uh, Cayman, which is a very good jurisdiction, but it has a six-year statute of limitations. You'd need particular circumstances to want to set up there, and uh, on a few occasions, clients do have that need. Um, Isle of Man is very good. Uh, Cook Islands is very good. Um, uh, Cook Islands has a very short statute of limitations. Um, they, the trustees in both of those jurisdictions actually come to the United States periodically. So our clients can, uh, you know, personally get to meet their trustees and get familiar with them. And if something, you know, major lawsuit did come, uh, they would say, oh, these are proper barristers and they're large trustees and they have hundreds of millions of dollars under direct management. They've had other people's checkbook. Uh, even though my structure was one that I had my own checkbook, I um, have a little, uh, a much uh, more easy heart that if my, my my lawsuits blow up, I don't mind giving my check over to that sort of trustee. Uh, we have smaller jurisdictions as well, St. Vincent's and Nevis and stuff that have very good laws, but they tend not to have deep pocket trustees, but might have um uh, very good laws and a little bit less expense in, in formation. So everything is a trade-off, and that's the sort of thing that we review with our clients. And now, given one habit I've observed from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and learning new skill sets. What are you currently studying, and what skill sets are you currently learning? <laughs> Uh-oh. Um, that's a loaded question. Uh, On the professional side, I always have to keep up. um, Many people in the international trust arena particularly uh, tend to keep up just with one jurisdiction. And so when you come to them and say, um, you know, you recommended that I should do this trust in the Bahamas. I read this article, I talked to some other expert and they were suggesting that I should look at these other, oh no, there's not professionals out there. There's only professionals in this one. It's usually because they don't keep up with the laws of other jurisdictions. So that's uh, always constant on my radar because we are involved with so many different jurisdictions. But <laughs> just like you would say to an investor that you should have a, a, a diversified portfolio, my recommendation is that um, on your personal life, you should stay diversified also. Um, I am actually a pretty conservative uh, fellow in most of my life. I wear a white shirt, you know, dressed down Fridays means that I might have a blue shirt on with my <laughs> suit. Um, but I have done meditation for a long, long time. 
I think uh, not only is it rewarding, it gives me clarity in my uh, family's life and in my business life. Um, I, I found it a very good um, and powerful tool, not only for, for health, but it gives you kind of a, a mental acuity that that um, I'm sure you can get it in other ways, but that's uh, been a simple and easy way uh, for me. And that kind of opened up some other uh, studies. I've actually started studying the Kabbalah, and um, it's uh, way deeper than I'll probably have a lifetime to get into, but I've, I've uh, enjoyed uh, the books that I've started to read in that area. And I, I started it because of really the philosophical things that I was studying in meditation uh, kind of led me to that might being a good resource. Fascinating. Given a core message in our shows to leave our families, communities, and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset, values, and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations, and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth <laughs> and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Uh, well, on building wealth, uh, and this is I guess instilled from my family is, is save, uh, not only save, uh, which means giving up some current personal satisfaction for future satisfaction, but also the concept of, um, paying yourself first. Uh, there's a very old book that my, um, my uncle gave me back when I was, I think, in high school, maybe even junior high, and I think it was called The Richest Man in Babylon. And it's a, I don't know if it was written in the 30s, 40s or something. It's a very little pamphlet type of book, and it's a very nice, easy way to learn the lesson about building wealth. Uh, the richest man in in Babylon. I'm sure it's online because it's it's if it's in print, it's reprinted. Uh, it's way out of. I'm, I'm sure that it's online uh, for download. Um, the other thing is, pay attention to what makes you happy. And sometimes we get so caught up in developing wealth that we forget not for everybody, but for me, uh, wealth allows me the flexibility to do things with my family and friends. And if I lose sight of that, then I've uh, totally corrupted uh, myself and the purpose of building the wealth. And if the whole point is if I'm able to sit on the beach and play the guitar and have a fire going and have family and friends running around and laughing, um, do I turn and I'm already doing that and I turn away to, uh, have 20 years of trying to build an empire. So I have time to go back down to the beach and play the guitar and sit by the fire and have friends and family around me. I just lost 20 years of my life. And, um, probably most of those friends. <laughs> so uh, I would probably actually diminish my world. So it's all a balance. Uh, you know, you don't want to go extreme in, in any direction and, and keep focused on what makes you happy. And wealth, I, I can absolutely say that wealth has allowed me flexibility. Uh, I've you know, I can do things when and where and how I want, uh, for the most part, but you always need to be grounded. I've seen, uh, many people and sometimes my clients and sometimes a few friends that have lost touch because they're chasing the dollar instead of knowing why they're chasing the dollar. Very, very powerful. Thank you so much for sharing that. And the richest man in Babylon is actually one of my favorite reads as well. Uh, listeners can download a copy at my website, actually, cashflowninja.com. Uh, so thank a lovely MC. That's good. <laughs> yeah, no, so had a huge influence in my life. So thank you for, uh, for sharing, sharing that as well. Now, Kevin, how can my listeners learn more about you and your company? 
uh, stay informed of all the projects that you're involved with. And you've been very, very generous um, uh, with a special offer for my listeners. Can you share a little bit more of that? Yes. Uh, I have this uh, lawsuit risk profile. It's only a couple of pages, uh, but a lot of things uh, just to carry on life, we don't think of them as liability or we consciously <laughs> or subconsciously ignore them um, uh, just to carry on our lives. And uh, it's a simple list. Do you have employees? Do you have tenants? Do you have a teenage driver? Um, do you have a service or product out in, in the world? And, and uh, we've created a, um, a matrix that you can kind of uh, reevaluate some of the simple and necessary things in your life that might bring liability, um, but you've either chosen to ignore or you, oh, I didn't think of that as a liability, and it's a huge liability. And then once you have that, and, and they can uh, call in or email in or come through your uh, website, and we will get that um, uh, profile exam to them with the uh, answer key so that they can then say, wow, I've had people that say, oh, I, I have a lot of liability. And then they add it all up and they say, whoa, I'm really low. We've had probably more people that have said, I thought that I was fairly low and I'm off the chart and I can now see why all those little, I, I, I'm not, you know, uh, making fireworks. I don't have a fireworks factory. I uh, am not some kind of bizarre, uh, isolated you know, surgeon that has this high liability, but all these little things, I almost have all of them, and they add up to a lot of liability. And so you're just rolling the dice. Maybe I'll take a few more steps than the steps that I had originally contemplated. And that's something that they can download at day-law.com, correct? Correct. They can put an inquiry through uh, uh, the website. And also we have a fairly good, um, maybe a little bit disjointed, but a lot of FAQs when clients have asked things uh, and we go, oh, nobody's asked that <laughs> before, uh, or these are a good set of questions. We throw them on there. So uh, there are a lot of questions and answers that will fill in gaps for uh, the listeners in those FAQs. Fantastic. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. Well, MC, thank you for the opportunity. This is great. Uh, I love teaching and uh, you've given me uh, an avenue uh, to do that, to assess people's lives and their families. This is MC Laubscher, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining the capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy according to the infinite banking concept. If you're interested to learn more about privatized banking and the infinite banking concept, you can access an exclusive webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. Thank you for joining my guest, Kevin Day, and myself on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. I'm always trying to learn and improve in every area of my life, so if there's any way that I can provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. If you're not a subscriber to the Cashflow Ninja Gushku newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com or text Cashflow Ninja to 44222. That's two fours and three twos. You can also support the show by becoming a patron on Patreon for $10 a month. When you become a patron for 12 months, you get access to our private Facebook page and a Cashflow Ninja t-shirt. 
Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott have been in your shoes and have used real estate investing to become financially free. They've designed a system to take any beginner to an experienced deal-making investor in the least amount of time. They offer opportunities from basic education, coaching, bridge loan investing to turnkey investments in the cash-flowing market of St. Louis, Missouri. For more information, please visit joinopsproperties.com or call Jimmy and Bob at 314-799-2247. If you're not earning at least 8% on your cash, you do not want to miss the private lending presentation for non-accredited investors done by Jimmy Freeland and Bob Scott. Discover how to create an income stream from real estate without the management headaches. You can access the presentation at cashflowninja.com forward slash private lending. Creating passive income for you and your family is easier than you think. All you need are three things, the right plan, the right product, and the right turnkey provider. As an investor, you want a safe, profitable, and convenient way to invest your capital without being at the mercy of stock market fluctuation. Investing in real estate in a turnkey way that provides monthly passive income with very low risk is exactly what Spartan Invest provides for their clients. Their mission is to make investing in real estate easy for the busy professional. Spartan Invest help investors create passive income and wealth through turnkey ownership in Birmingham, Alabama. You can download your free report, Five Big Reasons to Invest in the Magical City of Birmingham, Alabama, at CashflowNinja.com forward slash Spartan. The wealthiest families on the planet know how to capture their wealth and then leveraging their wealth through their own banking system. If you're interested in privatized banking and the infinite banking concept and learning the premier strategies of the wealthiest individuals and families on the planet, you can access your free webinar at cashflowninja.com forward slash be the bank. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. You have been listening to the Cashflow Ninja with your host, MC Laubscher, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Today's show notes and resources are available on our website, CashflowNinja.com. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objective, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness. 